If you're selling anything, you are not going to want to miss this episode of Book Circle Online as we delve into the marketing strategies of the Fortune 100 top companies. Don't go anywhere. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. All right, everyone, welcome back to another edition of Book Circle Online. We are always excited that you're with us here as we delve into some of the key books that are out there with knowledge that you are not going to want to miss. I'm your host, Katerina Kazayas, and I am so thrilled to be here. I am joined today in studio by arguably one of the top marketers this nation has seen, Mr. Keith Chambers. Keith, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. It is fabulous to have you with us. Uh, The reason I'm so excited, Keith, that you're here is because regardless of what product someone has to sell, sometimes it's even just themselves, marketing is a big... Uh, you know, there's a big emphasis put on marketing and uh, and some of the tri- tricks and the trade of what exactly that means. So you have written a book called Pull, where you have been gracious enough to share some of the marketing secrets that the big boys use. So I'd love for you to walk us through uh, exactly what led you to write the book. And, you know, we're going to delve into a, a little bit more on what some of these marketing secrets are, how we position our brand, our pitch, our entire product to capture the audience, uh, and what the heck pull means. Oh, what the heck pull means. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll get that. Um, what led me to write the book essentially is that I have been a corporate marketing consultant for a long time. Okay. A long time. Basically, who I work for are the sort of the Harvard MBAs and the Harvard, the Wharton, you know, Stanford, those MBAs who make it up to the VP marketing level right. and they go outside. And when they go outside, they don't go outside essentially to, you know, to duplicate what they do. They go outside to look for help that's beyond what it is that they're doing or sort of beyond what they, they comprehend. Now, what what I wrote the book for essentially was that after all those years, I realized that it had so many people who had come to me with small and medium-sized businesses. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they want you to work for them. And how do you work for them? There's no way in the world you work for them because we're right. completely geared up towards, you know, the, the proctors big, of right. the world, you um, know, the big guys. So before we get into that, tell me some of the companies so that the audience can follow that you've worked on. Oh, you know, brand names that we'll recognize. Oh, my gosh. Almost all of them. It seems like everything from Clorox to Pillsbury to Armin. Hammer to right. 3M, I saw. 3M, right? yeah. yes, yeah, right. Frito yeah. Lays, Frito all the big guys, right? They're, they're all right. Up. So you're working with these national, international conglomerate brands, but you want to help the little guy, right? Yes, and the truth of the matter is, is that the principles, the fundamentals, are identical. I mean, they're absolutely not. There's no difference whatsoever, not a shred of difference, which most people think there is, but there just isn't. But we we are geared, uh, you know, when when people come to us, we what we've done is we developed a process that we call Connectics, which incorporates target consumers into the purchase decision, if you will. And what we're doing essentially is we're on any given assignment, it could be a toothpaste or whatever. what we're looking for are what we call purchase triggers. Hmm. Those are essentially words or graphics or combinations of words or graphics, which basically cause the target consumer to make the purchase decision. 
we we uh, we d- developed a process called Kinectics, which incorporates 24 target consumers in a room. And over a short period of time, what we do is we build the entire selling proposition from one communication element to the next, to the next, and sex, and so forth. And when we're doing that, as we're moving along, we're able to identify those purchase triggers. So is that sort of like a focus group almost? Absolutely not at all. Like okay. Group, no. <laughs> so re-explain no, that for us. Very first, that's right. a very first question. And if I showed you a photograph sure. of it, it doesn't look much like that. What it okay. is is 24 people sitting around at a U-shaped table. Okay. They're sitting at computers. Hmm. And essentially what's occurring is, is that I'm leading them through a series of about eight or ten levels, if you will, where we'll start out real simple with the, like the generic descriptor. What's the best way to simply define the product? Hmm. And then it might be the brand name might be next and then it could be you know benefits and attributes and so forth and you're slowly assembling this this sales message which we refer to as a selling proposition and as you do it we're able to identify what we call purchase triggers and those purchase triggers if we line them up just right what happens is we get huge conversions and that's that's what we're known for basically is we're known for high conversions well the conversions is where the money comes from right because if people aren't converting in to purchasing the product, yep. then the entire effort goes for naught. Now, when you talk about these 24 uh, steps or levels, does that include the visuals? How important is a logo, for example? Or is it more the message behind the logo? What do you it's, find? It's, the, it, it's always the message. It's okay. always the whole message. It's just like a pitch. Mm. It's basically a pitch. Mm-hmm. It could be on the front of a package. It could be at any impact point. It could be sure. in a 20-second radio spot or a 20-second TV spot. It could be a, on a billboard. It could be anywhere. Mm. But it's your pitch. Mm. It's basically it's your pitch. We refer to it as a selling proposition. Right. But it's basically your pitch. Okay. And you have a beginning and you have a middle and you have an end. And the end, hopefully, is, you know, a purchase, right? right? And that's where those triggers come in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the triggers, you know, for me, growing up, and and the landscape is changing uh, for marketers and for all all people in sales because we've gone from this age of back in the 50s where it was very wholesome and you'd have one or two networks that you'd see some commercials on to uh, an environment now where literally – there's 4 million outlets that you can get your information from. Everyone with an iPhone in their hand has now become, you know, important in some capacity in their own minds. Yes. But how do you cut through the static in 2017? Wow, how do you cut through the static? Well, we actually don't cut through the static as much as we let it filter to us, if you could okay. say. We, do what, we, just like every other agency who was in the marketing world mm-hmm. about four years ago, developed a basically a digital a digital division or a social media marketing group. Everybody did it. Right. Everybody did it. And the whole, you know, the whole purpose of it is, is, to, is to garner eyeballs and get that pitch out there, get that message. Mm-hmm. It's just simply much more complicated now than it ever was before. The media buying groups, of course, are really instrumental because mm-hmm. purchasing – Purchasing the ad space, of course, is really very complicated. As far as the pitch is concerned or the message is concerned, actually hasn't changed a bit. Hmm. Regardless a bit. of what medium. So whether I'm looking at it on print or I'm seeing it come through my feed, the messaging, the way you're uh, designing it remains the same. Yeah, if you think about it, it's a conversation. It's hmm. a conversation between a – you could say it's a conversation between a product and a human being. 
Okay. And you would be very correct. It, and it can actually even be a two-way conversation. You can have a two-way conversation on the face of a package. How so? Not. Explain that to me. So, what? for example, a toothpaste. Yeah, I'll tell you a great way. Okay. I tell you, we identified when we when we broke the selling proposition down into all of its elements. What we did is we identified different functions for different elements, mm-hmm. and there's there's one element, for instance, which we refer to as a negative attribute. A negative attribute is something that you need to say in order to overcome an objection that you know is already there. You've looked at a lot of them. You just haven't really paid that much attention to them. But for instance, if I gave you, I gave, if I gave you some kind of a spray to use in your car, mm-hmm. and and it said won't leave a residue or doesn't leave a residue, wow. that's overcome. So basically, I'm I'm talking, I'm answering your question, a question I know you have. Sure. You see, so it can be a two way conversation, mm-hmm. and I could talk about that for probably another hour <laughs> because it literally, if you think about it as a two way conversation, that's that that. Gives all kinds of openings for for really great possibilities if you do that. So, as a marketer, are you trying to identify the the pain point for someone? Well, that's that's a very common cliche that I hear a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we talk about a pain point. If you can identify a pain point, yes, absolutely. Because okay. essentially, what you're doing is you're getting out in front of people. You're 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 essentially getting ahead of them a little bit. And and if you can identify a pain point, then you're getting out kind ahead of, of them. And then you go back and need. you talk to them about that pain point. Sure. Yes, hmm. absolutely. Pain points are it's, it's one way of defining if you will, sort of the negative side of a selling proposition, overcoming something. Hmm. Now, if you're not overcoming something, what's the alternative? Well, you could be adding something to their lives. Hmm. You know, basically, basically, the, we discovered by doing a lot of work with target consumers that there is one common benefit for every product. Doesn't okay. matter what. It could be cat litter or it could be, uh, could, could be face cream. What's the okay? benefit? What's the benefit? Well, here's what it is. What, what we do, what we'll do sometimes is that we'll identify, we'll have a group of people in the room, and we'll identify a specific product characteristic that they love. Okay. And then we'll ask them, and, we, and, we'll, and we'll have them commit you know, to papers so that it's not a conversation out in the room. We'll ask them what it is that they get out of using that product right okay so then we, what we do is we ladder it up and we'll say okay now that you have that in your life what's your life like and you ladder it up and you ladder up and you ladder up and essentially if we had 24 people over there and 24 people over there laddering up one of them cat litter let's say and the other one cake mix they'll get to the exact same thing which is what happy <laughs> that's what and it's every, that simple it's that simple all wow. they want is to be happy yeah so, Basically, you're, hmm. you, you're what, you, what you're telling consumers is, I have what you want, yes, and it will make you happy. Right. But that's not, no, that's as, not easy. Easy. Yeah, that's no. right. that's not as easy as it sounds, <laughs> that's right? right. It's not. Because there are, uh, you know, especially now, a number of people out there, whether, like you said, small business, medium-sized business, large business, that have a product that they're trying to sell and entice you and I to purchase in order to eventually become happy. 
Yet not many people succeed in that, I suppose, because they're not getting as scientific as you're getting. Now, I just want to back up for one moment, Keith, and mm-hmm. um, and share with the group that your your consulting company, the firm that you founded, is called the Chambers Group. Yes. Uh, named after yourself. Yeah, for myself. And the thing that I love is that this is sort of a family-run business because you also uh, run it with your two sons. I do, yeah. Who I have heard through the grapevine are, are social media geniuses. <laughs> they are. They're amazing. Right. They, yeah. they crack the code. Mm-hmm. They absolutely crack the code. Right, right. Yeah. So you're able to you're able to share that with your um, with your customers. So the reason for the book, then going back to pull, was because after all these years in the business of marketing, you wanted to share some of this knowledge with the common everyday person that can go and pick up a twenty dollar book versus twenty thousand dollars worth of consulting or two hundred thousand dollars worth of consulting say, or two million dollars <laughs> worth of consulting. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Raise the price <laughs> a little bit, will you? <laughs> uh, pull. Explain the title. Because this is this is oh, unusual. Okay. Well, the title is kind of fun, and right. the, I'll tell you why the title is on the book. Okay. is because it's short, it's poetic, and it's memorable. Ah, okay, what a brand needs to be. The, exactly, okay. Uh, exactly. Okay, uh, short, so it's memorable, short, and poetic. poetic, and memorable. I like right. it. Right. Yeah, and we have a whole process uh, that that takes uh, those twenty four target consumers mm-hmm. essentially through a series of eight funnels. Eight funnels, if you will, to determine. We can start out with thirty names and come up with that one name that is really fantastic name, name. Yeah. right? In and memorable opinion, is mm-hmm. really, I would say, far and away the most important. Mm. In your opinion, what are some of the most memorable brands that have that have come through the last hundred years? Almost all of them that are memorable is because they're pounding away at you from uh, from an advertising standpoint. Mm. So, I, in, in my in my head, I'm thinking maybe like a Nike, Apple. Um, what else is sort of short, poetic? Uh, let me well, think. and uh, the, you know what's really important in here is is it notice that they don't define the product in their in in the name. That's right. Yes, they don't define. When so clients I- come to me, corporate or otherwise. And they have an, a naming issue. In other words, we, get, we have a new toothpaste. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, we don't have a name for it yet. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry. They will focus on that name like it is 100% of the selling proposition, and it isn't at all. Mm-hmm. It's functional. Basically, it's an identifier. Okay. And so the most important thing is that, essentially, that it communicate quickly and that you remember it. That you remember it. So short, pull. How do you not remember pull? Right. You know? But what does pull mean in marketing? So what does pull mean? Right. Well, the reason, and the reason I kind of went off on that yeah. is because the meaning is far less important than essentially the function. <laughs> <laughs> because pull, is, pull is, a, is, a, is sort of a critical component of what we do. But it's certainly not what the entire book is about. The, the entire book essentially is how to organize you know, a selling proposition that has a purchase trigger in it. Because right. when po- I think when I think marketing, sorry to interrupt you, I think of pushing. I'm pushing a product yes, onto yeah. the marketplace. Yep, I so when I when I got your book, I thought, well, this is interesting because this is sort of counterintuitive. So back to pull in marketing. Yeah, well, pull is usually usually uh, associated with advertising frequently. Okay, so here's what pull is. Pull is an is is an interesting thing that we discovered. It probably I, I'm guessing it took me a year. Hmm. And I think the the what's unique about the, the discovery of it is is that it's based on the fact that we launch something into the marketplace about every four weeks. So what happens is is that you know un- unless you're not paying attention, you you begin to learn a lot. You see things that work and things that something else that works and something else that works, and then something doesn't work. Okay. And if you're smart, you write it down, you put it on a post-it <laughs> note, put, and remember it for next time. Right, that's right. Right, exactly right. Yeah. So essentially, what we discovered was that. 
was that uh, there's a phenomenon that, that takes place when you launch something that shows up as remarkable to target consumers. I mean, that's part of your goal. Is you, you need to look like, whoa, what's going on in this category? Okay. What something new has been added? Mm-hmm. So it's like a perception of remarkability. Okay, so how so so one thing I can promise you is that if you do you launch something that's mm-hmm. extraordinary and you put it out there and it's successful and people buy it, they will pull it back to ordinary as fast as they can. That's because they're hardwired in the brain. Think about it. Remember when you got your car okay. and how you yes. felt about You're your so car. so excited, right? New That's car. Right. It's my dream car. Yeah, where's right. your car now? Right? Banged up and beat up. And <laughs> <laughs> you gave you it to that. the valet and That's he, right. you know, yeah. you have no idea I what come out, the right? whole back end is scratched up. Actually, yeah. this morning, it's funny that you say that because I thought, geez, I need to take this to an auto body shop and just get a touch-up. Um, but, you know, I've been driving it for two, three years now and it's yeah. lost that novelty. Yeah. Right. Think about this for a second because mm. this, is, this, is a, this is a good lesson plan here. Uh, so, so, so you had that car, okay. and if I said to you on that first day, hey, as long as you got that car, keep that feeling, right? You can't right. do it. See, we're all humans are hardwired in the brain, essentially, you know, to, to make everything okay. We do that, what we do. We make it, we make it, we get familiar with it and then make it comfortable. And when we do that, we take all the spice out of it. And if you're a smart marketer, what you're doing with your selling proposition is you're constantly introducing something new to it, mm. to the message itself. Sure. It can be very simple sometimes, very simple. Well, you and, keep doing it to keep yourself into that extraordinary or that remarkable area. And when you, when you talk about that, the first thing that came into my head was back in the day, and I think it was probably the mid-'80s, when McDonald's came up out with a Happy Meal. Remember? So it was McDonald's, it was your burgers and fries, and all of a sudden, everyone wanted to go to McDonald's because they teamed up with Disney or whoever it was, right? And and, and that... Is that succession yes. of yeah. keeping remarkable? Yeah, and if you want to, if you want to really get, uh, it is tough. Yeah. If, and if you want, and that's basically that's my career. That's right. Okay? That's that's, that's what my you entire out how career. To do, right. You know? yeah. I mean, the truth of the matter is, of all the products mm. that we launch out there, I would say ninety percent of the assignments that we get are unremarkable products. We then have to <laughs> develop a per, develop a perception of remarkability. Mm. And then, and know that it's going to get pulled back over to unremarkable. So, I mean, think about it. Mm. Like how you felt about your car on that day, and it went away, and there was nothing you could do about it. That's Mm. because your brain is protecting you by making everything familiar. Now, why do we do that? I mean, not that you're a psychiatrist, psychologist, but I have no idea. (laughs) I just know that they do, and that's, of course, valuable to us. But think about this, Mm. though, okay? You feel better about your car after you drive it through a car wash. Just that simple act, right? Yeah. yeah. So you see that it's real. Mm. That, uh, the reason I point that out to you is so that you can see that it's mm. real. It's very real. Right. It's a very real thing. We pay a lot of attention to it. Mm. You won't find it in any marketing book. You'll find it in that one, sure. but you won't find it in any marketing so book. So how does it's one go about... something to pay attention to. Sure, absolutely. So, and, you know, and, and again, is it reintroducing, because I, what I think of is something like Apple, mm-hmm. right, who really is doing it by virtue of launching a new product every year. Yeah. It went from the iPod, to the iPad, to the iPhone. Um, But what if you're a mom and pop shop? How do you keep remarkable? How do you stay on top of things? It's really easy. You can do it with words. You don't have to... You Mm. you, you don't have to... the, the, the first reaction is is that, oh, my gosh, i got to change the product. i got to improve the product. And, and uh, the answer to that, absolutely not. Mm. Absolutely not. I can't tell you how many times all we've done is tweak the selling proposition. Huh. Add 
a couple of words to the selling proposition, essentially, that move it back over, if you will, toward that that remarkable side of the paradigm. I know I didn't refer yeah. to the paradigm, but there is a paradigm in the book that explains yeah. this whole thing, mm-hmm. and it's 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 very real. It's it's and so the question that one of the questions is, how do you move something from, let's say, the unremarkable side of this paradigm to the remarkable side? And there is an answer for that. How? You add character to it. Now think about character. Think about character. Many years ago, we were, I'm like, so we get on the same character page here. Many years ago, we were asked to help position a product so that we could start selling yogurt to kids. This was at General Mills. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because kids would not eat yogurt. How do you get kids to eat, eat yogurt? yogurt? Right. They wouldn't. Right. Before, they wouldn't. They right. wouldn't. Yeah. Well, mom eats yogurt. You know, sure. so right. <laughs> not cool. Thing, right. Yes, right. Right. And yeah. then when we would, we would talk to the moms, they would say, no, they keep saying it's, it's sour or it's bitter or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what'd you do? So we added character, tons of character. So we didn't put it in that white plastic cup anymore. <laughs> we put it in a tube. You see how it, that moves it to the remarkable side? And can huh. you see also that two years later, it's not on the remarkable side anymore. It's back over here. And if you go into Routes or Kroger, yeah. they've probably got a version of it. Right, right. And now so it's that's the tube. That. So you made it fun for the kids. You got their attention. And we didn't call it yogurt in a tube. What'd you call it? Called it Gogurt. Gogurt. Right. Do you remember Gogurt? Yeah. I remember. So if you so if you had a small business, yeah. let's let's say you had a little real estate company. All right. Yeah, a little real estate company. Mm-hmm. I have a buddy who has a real estate company. Sure. Okay. And so you start looking at it, you know, how can I make changes here? How can I make some changes? I'll even give you one. I'll give you one. I love this example. I hope I'm going to be able to remember. No, yeah. I love this example. Uh, this is a guy in the real estate business, and he was selling really high-end real estate. Okay. But it didn't look like it, okay? okay. His didn't office didn't look like it, you mean? Well, well, no, his office actually looked pretty good. But, okay. but his, like, you go on his website, because, oh, you know, okay. everybody hits the website anymore. Sure, so. of course, yeah. And that's where, that's kind of like where your image First. is centered. Mm. Even, if you're, even if you're selling a consumer product, your image kind of... First of all, first and foremost comes together. First impression, right? Well, yes. It it is because of yeah. course as soon as you meet someone, as soon as they you turn your back, they're on your website checking you out, right? So <laughs> if not before. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So it's become I mean it it is it's become that important. Mm. So we so what we did is is because uh, he's, he's a friend and we were I helped him out. Okay. So we t- we took take let's take a look at real quick look at the the simplest the simplest communication element of all the generic descriptor okay okay so what is this guy selling what is he selling he's a real estate agent right high What's end he real selling? estate you right so so let's say that right under his name what would the generic descriptor be it's it's the generic descriptor is yogurt under right. gogurt okay. right so okay. real estate would be could be real estate sure it could be homes could be homes right could be uh, lifestyle yeah, I don't. Th- Is that uh, yeah. too broad? Well, no, that's no, that it's it, it's potentially correct. Okay, so what did you change it to? What did you? Well, add? first of all, I I don't think he was selling homes. Okay. I think he was selling himself. Ah, okay. Okay, so the so if I can remember correctly, what it was. This is about four years ago. Okay, so now it says um, master realtor, uh, experienced real estate insider. Ah, experienced real estate insider. Now, how could you not? Wow, I want to call the insider. Absolutely. How could you not hire that guy? 
experienced real estate insider. Okay, right. so let's say uh, you know, and he did. Uh, Nathaniel was his name, and Nathaniel had. I mean, we changed everything once, one step at a time, once at a, yeah. you know, and it was. Um, it was uh, it was some of the most fun I've ever had because, well, and I'm you know, sh- I'm sure he saw an incredible return from that from right. that effort. Yeah. And if you want to go Google, you know, real estate companies yeah. and look and read the generic descriptors, and you won't want you won't find one that even comes close to that. And here is this little guy over yeah. in uh, Malibu. Yeah. Who's he, now the real estate insider? And he and he for, would tell he right. would tell you that he saw a re, he, from the change that you know the before and after mm-hmm. the, the total change he saw really a huge 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 big difference in you know and, the and reaction it, that he got from people. It's that reaction from people, and I'm glad to hear you say that it can be as simple as simply changing the language, because Absolutely. a lot of people don't have the cash or the capital to be. You know, running R and D and and doing all of this yes. remanufacturing of, of actual physical product, and actually, most people are not not most, but many people are not even in the product market of having a tangible product. Many of us are selling services, like yes. Mister Real Estate, right? Yes, 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 like Nathaniel, uh, right? Exactly, absolutely, right, yeah. yeah. So you know, you get to a point um, where you want to disrupt the market, I suppose. I think that's a good word. Yes. Yeah, 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 and 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 be memorable in some capacity. Yes, right. Hopefully, a meaningful capacity, not right. ju- <laughs> just disruptive. But well, yeah, I, I was going to say because once you get them to the product or service, you have to be able to retain them. So that, but that is a different beast. We're talking marketing today. How mm. how about print advertising? Is print advertising dead? Well, it's. Certainly, is do, it's doing a great impression of it. If it's not, <laughs> yeah, print advertising and print advertising, I think of it as magazines. So magazines mm. surprised me because, uh, to give you an example, there are about forty-five internet magazines that are doing well. Okay, not one of those was a printed publication prior mm. to. So you have to ask yourself, what were those people thinking about? Mm. What were they thinking about when they let that one get away? The people that didn't go to online right. digital. Yeah, the Time right. magazines of the right. world. It just dwindled down to nothing. And, and, and you know, it's funny because Time is actually trying to build out their dot-com channel now. Of course. But, but they're, yeah. as you mentioned, five to seven years late to the point. They are, and, and that's, that's kind of... Typical. It's almost easy to understand mm. sometimes because, you know, you're well, instead of instead of moving forward, if you're protecting what you have, right. you're asking for it. You're but asking you know, for it's, it. It's, you know. it's uh, unfortunately, and and I had this discussion with someone the other day. As human beings, most people tend to play defense. They don't play offense, mm-hmm. and a number of factors come into play there. Your your sense of uh, confidence, your sense of security, all of the fear. But uh, I think the companies that we've seen that really move the ball forward are the companies that are being offensive, aggressive, in, yes, you know, sort yeah. of in, in – in, um, yeah. I don't want to say aggressive, but innovative. Yep. Right? Well, innovative in that – and this, this kind of comes back a little bit to that, that simple kind of a change that you can make, you know, mm-hmm. to keep yourself on the remarkable side. Uh, if you want to be the category leader, you can be the category leader. You don't have to be tied to be the category leader. Mm. You just have to be the one brand that all the other brands are reacting to all the time. <laughs> you see, you can do that. You know, you can do you can you right. can do that, and you can be very effective at it. You can be the category leader without mm. being the number one brand by far. 
Give me an example of someone that's doing that. I wish I could think of one right <laughs> off the top of my head. I I always I always kind of come back to um, uh, to, to, to you know to the laundry detergent category. It's okay. huge, yeah. and Tide has, yeah. I think, sometimes without knowing what they were doing, they have basically been doing that. If you look at Tide, it's spread. You know, it's thirty feet across. You right. know, you just take a look at it. But take a look at it and look at all the segments that they have in right. there. Yeah. It's one after another after another. You know, where they put a little of this in, a little of that in. So oh, forth. anything you want. And it's funny because I actually buy Tide. You yeah. know, that that's what I grew up with. That's what I buy. Now they have it tied with a lavender, which is the one that I like, I'm right? Sure, right yeah. <laughs> but they have the spring fresh, and then they have the bleach, and then yeah. they have the color. Like, wow. And it'll keep coming. You know? it'll, yeah. And you'll see uh, mm-hmm. every six months, you're always going to see something from right? them. Yeah. Sometimes it's only a copy change, but it's a significant right. one because right. it'll point something out about the product. Sure. Or there may be some small change in the product itself. Uh, to close off, number one key to success in marketing, if you had to pick, what would that be? My number one success? Yeah. I would say in the last few years, it's been cat litter. We have taken, we've worked on the uh, Arm & Hammer cat litter brand. Okay. And, and it is I now, didn't realize cat litter can be that exciting. I, well, I didn't say it was exciting, but it is pretty big. It's a pretty significant category. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's over a billion dollar category. Have you ever failed? Yes, I have failed. Um... See if I can give you a good excuse for that one. Uh, the 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 only thing that comes to mind for a long time, actually, when I invented this process that I was talking about, Connectics, which okay. I invented that defensively. I actually did it for three years before I told my clients I was doing it, and I did it because the worst thing you could say to me in the corporate world on a Friday afternoon was, "Hey, Keith." The research results are coming in on Monday. We'll give you a call as soon as they get in. And I, they were researching me because that's what happens. As soon as I, as soon as I develop something yeah. that you know that that is a recommendation, they'll put it into volumetric research. Mm. So what I started doing because every once in a while you would fail or you wouldn't do all that well. What I started doing is I said, well, I'm just going to figure out how to bring consumers in, and and I won't tell the client, and I'll I'll get a reading as I move along. And so I was kind of like a half of a focus group. I don't know what I was because I don't know anything about research really when it comes right, right down to it. Yeah. I'm basically a creative marketing guy, mm-hmm. and I didn't. So know your anything kinetics, about so your kinetics that you developed. Or encompass encompass what exactly? It's twenty four people sitting in a oh, room. Oh, that's that's your that's, that's it, right? Focus right, and it's me leading them through group. a step by step building <laughs> right. of a selling proposition. Right, right, that's right. right. Yeah, wow. And, and I mean, that's what it's evolved into over sure. the last fifteen or fifteen or twenty years. But clearly, I, to some success. So we're going back huge, to when yeah. you failed. Where did you fail? When did I fail? Well, I failed on one that that you might have watched. I I don't take this one personally because there were so many people on this project. But Church and Dwight, who who is Arm and Hammer, Uh came up with an idea. And the idea, and the idea was that they would, they would, they would, they would develop a cleaner, okay. a window cleaner, like an all-purpose cleaner. I think there were three all together, okay. And they would be pumped, you know, in a spray, okay, right? Spray, yeah, yeah. A spray bottle, okay. Okay. Yeah. Except the spray bottle would be completely empty, and there'd be a cartridge on the outside. Okay, so the whole idea was that you would you were saving bottles because you're reusing bottles and you buy reusable cartridges and you reuse them and so forth. You know, fairly complicated selling proposition. There were two sides to the selling proposition, and they jumped on the wrong one. Mm. Essentially, what those two sides were, one of them was the whole ecology thing. 
Okay. Now, one thing I can tell you about ecology is is that everybody in a focus group will tell you that they that that they're all for it. But if you ask them to spend any money right. for it, it's going to go south on you. You have to be very mm-hmm. careful. In this particular case, basically what happened is, is that they talked so much about the ecology that people didn't quite get the product. Mm-hmm. And it was, in, it was basically in uh, – it went into Walmart. and was every single Walmart in the country. So, wow. you know, they put money in it. Wow. And it, 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 was, it was in there for about six weeks then, and then oh. it disappeared. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Yes. But there was so uh, there were so many conversations as we moved along uh, about well which which is it what do we which one do we stress this one or that you know is it is it the and, ecology or is it the performance of the product right. that's another thing if you take any of the performance out of the product or if the consumer thinks you take some performance sure. out why of the would product, I want to buy it you know I love the environment exactly. okay fine but if you know I want to buy something that I know is going to clean my windows and if you're right. adding water to this thing right. it's just a big question in your mind well wait a minute you know yeah. is this you know is this really working so far yeah for thirty so, cents less I'd rather buy something else right or thirty cents more. It was a little bit more, right. you know, yeah, but where we, and where the economy came in, of course, is in during the repeat purchase. If you, you know, mm. if you bought if you bought the cartridges and you reused the cartridges, you know, it right. actually was a, in my estimation, a stunningly brilliant idea because it worked and it was very effective. Unfortunately, they didn't get it across to the consumer. Right. Yeah, and that is the that is the whole point, right? Conversions. Yeah, right so that's exactly started, right. right. Yeah, Absolutely. that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, if, if people don't understand the selling proposition, right. you're you're going to struggle. Yeah, and then you're wasting your time, you're wasting your effort, you're losing your customers to the competition, right? Um, Absolutely. In closing out, Keith, for uh, anyone watching this and wanting to know, you know, number one thing they should do when they get to the office tomorrow if they want to market their product, what would that be? What 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 should their focus be on? Add character. Add character. Mm-hmm. Add character. And if you want to find out how to add character, you're going to want to pick up Pull by Keith Chambers. Uh, I have had the opportunity to read it, to go through it. There is, uh, I love it, Keith, because it's tactical in nature in a way that the average person can sit down and carve out. You know, you have examples and you also have templates and you can see that I've noted a bunch of them because I have a product uh, that I am also branding and selling and, and um, pulling together. So this was, uh, this was a helpful, helpful read. Uh, sir, if we want to find out more about you and the Chambers Group, where can we go? I would say go right to the Internet. It's the chambersgroup.com. Chambersgroup.com. Uh, you know, unless you're uh, Coca-Cola. <laughs> send me an email. There you go. Yeah. Send me an email. Yeah, we, yeah we, we work for uh, medium-sized companies now quite a right. bit. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. we thank you so much for being here with us. Thank, thank you for you having me. For, I had a blast. Um, absolutely. Thank you for uh, being gracious enough to share your knowledge because I know, uh, you know, I look at my career that is still in progress. I can imagine the uh, the career highs and lows that you've had. Um, and all of the things that you've learned, and it really is um, a benefit to all of us when when people can share that knowledge. So, so cool. we do thank you for that. Happy to do it. Yes, it's fun. Absolutely, it is fun, and we're always having fun here at Book Circle Online. So, thank you for tuning in with us. Friendly reminder that you can catch all of our episodes on our website, BookCircleOnline.com, but. We also stream on YouTube and on Apple's iTunes podcast, so you can get us many different ways. I'm your host, Katerina Kazayas. This was Book Circle Online with Keith Chambers of the Chambers Group. His book, Pull, Marketing Secrets for the Fortune 100, on Amazon. Go pick it up. It will benefit you always. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.
From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.